ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy, we understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Feeling Dangerous podcast and Couch Guy Sports Network is happy to be sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors compact with 100 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to give you high energy boosts when you need it most while avoiding the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN, that's CGSN, today for 10% off your entire order. Check out their green apple flavored box or even their watermelon flavored box. And don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your Shocked Energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. There's a blitz coming. Keenum back to pass. Looking, dumps it underneath, and it's caught. 35, 40. It's Hooper, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, and he got knocked out of bounds. Keenum underneath center on first down. Turns, gives. Dearness Johnson runs. 30, 25. He's to the 20. He hurdles 15, and he's down inside the 15-yard line to the 14-yard line. We're doing a lot of business. It's time for the Mids Red Zone. True Sicilian pasta sauce. Best ingredients. Best quality. Best taste. A molto bene. And best invitation of Nick <laughs> Chubb. He's back to pass. Rolls near side. Steps up. Steps up. Throws. And Landry caught it again. At the Bronco 46-yard line. Bryce Callahan made the tackle. And a first down. 14 yards. And the juice is juiced. <laughs> Ready to go. Third down and 10. He's got the snap. Back to pass. In the pocket. He's going to load up. He's going into the end zone. It's picked off. They got it. John Johnson, the third, picked it off in the end zone. Uh, the ball was a bit underthrown, and he undercut the throw. Oh, finally, oh, finally, a turnover. First down and goal. Keenum takes the snap. He's going to throw. He's throwing for Stanton. Touchdown. Left corner of the end zone. Keenum ready. Takes the snap, turns, gives to Ernest Johnson, outside left, 35, 40, 45, he's to the 50, he's to the 46 of Denver. Keenum's got it, and he's going to give the ball, and here comes to Ernest Johnson, he's to the 15, he's going to get there. He got to the 12, first down at the 12-yard line. 58 seconds left, Denver can't stop the clock. Give that man a game ball. Listen to First Energy Stadium, just listen. Welcome back to a victory, a victory for the Browns here on this episode of the Feeling Dangerous podcast. I am Tyler Johnson. I am joined by Zach DeFranco and our producer, Peter Nab. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys feeling? I'm better than I was after the Cardinals game. I'll tell you that right now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I. I mean, it was. I mean, I don't think anybody expected that. I mean, yeah, some of us, some of us thought the Browns had a chance to win. Some of us, some of us didn't. But I don't think anybody expected that kind of first drive, you know, that quickly, that kind mm-hmm. of intensity, that early on in the game. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And of course, 
Remember that the show is proud to be part of the Couch Guy Sports Network. You'll want to visit their website in order to see more Cleveland Browns coverage um, every single day that's provided. But also we are presented by Jack Scott over at Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's window and patio door experts for over 117 years, earned the JD Power Award for customer satisfaction. Just another reason to call Jack Scott today at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. Gentlemen, the Browns win a barn burner on Thursday night, uh, 17-14 to 14 over the Denver Broncos to improve 2-4-3. and three. It was the first time. Uh, for the Browns, since Baker Mayfield has been drafted, he did not uh, play in this game due to his shoulder injury. Case Keenum stepped up, though, went 21 of 33, 199 yards and a touchdown. So, guys, the question has to be asked here. Can we trust that Case Keenum can get this team to the playoffs if Baker needs more time off than we hope or if Baker has to sit out for this season? So, Zach, what do you think? Uh, do you trust Case Keenum to get us to the playoffs? Um, I trust our coaching staff that no matter who we put out there, they're going to be ready to, you know, go out there and win some games for us. Uh, Keenum looked like a very solid game managing quarterback, what we're paying him to do. I don't know if I could say, oh, Keenum can, you know, pull that Nick Foles uh, story. But I definitely we definitely saw that the offense can run smoothly with Case Keenum at quarterback. So it's a good sign. But no, I don't think he can replace Baker and where we have that confidence of he can lead us to the playoffs. We can get, get deep into the playoffs. If we can make the playoffs this year, if if Baker's out, that's if Baker's out. If we can make the playoffs this year, that it, it would definitely still be a fun season to watch with Keenum, though. I completely agree. At the same time, I get what Case Keenum did when he was with Kevin Stefanski in Minnesota. That was 2017. It's been about four years since then. Case yeah. Keenum's a solid backup quarterback, and he's I believe he can go. He, he can play for us for about four games or so. After that, I start to lose a little of confidence. I'm hoping that maybe as he gets more reps that he won't be as rusty. But, I mean, you could tell. He, he's that, That's what he is as a game manager. He does not have the arm strength Baker has. He really is only comfortable really working one half of the field. So I think that it's important that we can try and shut Baker down for a little bit, hopefully get that humerus fracture healthy, and at least have that healed and get Baker back for the playoff run, assuming Case can keep us there. As far as getting us to the playoffs, I just don't know right now. I need to see Keenum yeah. a little bit more. And what other options do you think the Browns would have at quarterback if Baker does end up needing surgery and the Browns like are possibly in the playoff hunt? Because let's say that Keenum um, does well, but he's not necessarily like performing super well. Or let's say he even gets hurt. Like, What other possible options do the Browns have at quarterback? And what would uh, you do in that situation? See, the thing is, I think you pay Case Keenum $6 million a year to be your backup for moments like this. I don't think you pay a backup $6 million a year and then go get someone else to play in front of him. Uh, I I don't know if there is another option. I guess, you know, we'll, we'll hear stories and speculations of Cam Newton's. We'll hear, oh, Browns need to go trade for Russell Wilson after this season. We'll, we're here, we're, we're going to hear it all, you know. So I, I just think Browns fans need to just, you know, kind of go with the flow this year. It's really out of our control, obviously. I don't, I don't know. I think they're just going to ride the wave with Keenum if, if that has to be the case. And you did bring it up, so of course that means I do have to ask you, what are your thoughts on Cam Newton? <sighs> I mean, I, I personally like Cam Newton, but if that was our option, I feel like the Browns would have already had him in here. He would be getting reps with this offense. He would be learning the offense. You don't bring him in here to, okay, now go lead us to the Super Bowl. That's, that's just not what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. I'm I'm definitely not against bringing him in, bringing mm-hmm. him in, 
But at this point, I mean, you know what Cam Newton can do. And the thing is, that isn't talked about enough, man. His arm just has not been the same with all those shoulder injuries he's had. Yeah. That, I mean, that definitely worries me. Of course, he brings that added dimension, that mobility that clearly, you know, Case Keenum lacks. I mean, you can just see when he tries to run that it just it doesn't look very good. So he definitely doesn't have the arm strength, of course, or really the overall, I would say, accuracy and mobility that Baker Mayfield has. But the guy that really stepped up Thursday night, and by all accounts, he's on the national radar now, is Dearness Johnson. He definitely proved that he can be a starting running back in this league. 22 rush attempts, 146 yards, average six yards a carry and a touchdown. What does that show about Stump Mitchell as a running back coach? Just to know, does it say a lot about Stump Mitchell, or does it say more about the front office, even before Andrew Barry got here, being able to find all these talented running backs. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I mean, it's just the depth alone we have. But no, Stump Mitchell, definitely, you can tell he has control of that running back room. They all respect him a lot. But how about Bill Callahan, too? I mean, come on, that that, that alone, it all ties together. So, no, Dearness Johnson had a great game. I want to know how you feel about it more, too, Tyler, because, mm-hmm. I mean, man, I'm lucky I got him in fantasy, too, for the week because holy crap, man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, dude. <laughs> I got him too. Actually, I, I I think I told you I actually ended up was able to trade for him at the last minute because um, I knew a guy who had Antonio Gibson and needed his handcuff. And so originally he wasn't going to do the trade, but he was like, if you want to do the trade, I'll do it. He said. And so I was like, all right. And I ended up starting him that night and he went off for me. But I'm a big Dearness Johnson fan. I, he's definitely got a lot of talent and Jake Burns kind of hit on this on the OBR. Uh, again, a, a great friend of the show, great guest, mm-hmm. um, f- film analyst for the Orange and Brown Report. He was saying that Dearness Johnson kind of runs a little bit like Alvin Kamara, and I completely yep. see it. And that's yep. not – and let's get something straight here that needs to be reiterated. That's not saying he's Alvin Kamara by any means because Kamara's <laughs> no. a superstar. Yeah. It's the type of running style he has. Being able to find that hole, really shifty. He's a little bit of a smaller back too to where you can kind of lose him behind the offensive line. And I love that about Dearness Johnson. The question coming up for us, we've already talked about big offseason decisions that are going to have to be made on contract extensions, possibly cutting certain players after this season. Dearness Johnson is going to be one of those because the Browns hold his restricted free agent rights. Mm-hmm. And he's the reality is someone's going to pay. I believe somebody is absolutely going to pay him because he could start for some teams out there and he could also be in a good running back rotation right now. Um, and getting a lot of carries with some other teams. So I think he's definitely a player that other teams are going to want. I'm curious to see what the Browns do, and I'm not saying they go this route, but something to consider because you paid Kareem Hunt, unless you can get – I mean, you paid Nick Chubb, my apologies. If Unless you can get Kareem Hunt to sign another team-friendly extension, I think Dearness Johnson eventually down the line replaces Kareem Hunt, assuming you can keep Dearness Johnson that long. Yeah, and and we're going to see glimpses of that for the next few weeks. You know, mm-hmm. with with Chubb, you know, I, and they're expecting him to come back, barring any setbacks. But Jarenis Johnson and Chubb, it's going to be a fun one-two punch. We, we didn't lose a step, and we lost our running back one and our running back two. Not mm-hmm. many teams can say that. So we're definitely – we're very lucky to have Jarenis Johnson on this roster. We really are, man. And I have to go back to what you said about Bill Callahan. He deserves all the credit in the world. He's the best offensive line coach in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. Getting these guys ready – on such a short week like that, you have Jedrick Wills, who he's nowhere near 100%, but he still went out there and battled. And he even said himself he probably should have shut it down after week one um, to get healthy. But he's working to get back to 100%. 
the guy that's just really impressed me, and I think you would completely you would agree with this as well, is Blake Hans. Blake Hans, yeah. man, has played left tackle and right tackle. He shut down Von Miller after Von Miller said he was going to kill whoever was up against <laughs> him. Yeah. So that needs to be said. But Blake Hans has just been an amazing performer so far for the Browns. Been that swing tackle we desperately needed when Chris Hubbard went down. So Blake Hans, for me, I, I just think what Bill Callahan has been able to do has just been remarkable because nothing against James Hudson, but he needs to be redshirted this year if possible because Mm. he's still learning that offensive tackle position. But like you said, Bill Callahan deserves more credit. I feel like, well, besides Kevin coach Stefanski, he deserves more credit than anybody else. Yeah. And it's impossible. um, And I would say it's impossible for a backup quarterback to come in like that and perform as, you know, as competently as, as, as Case Keenum did without 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 a deep offensive line, and so you got to give a lot of credit to the offensive line coaches, as you said. I mean, I I was obviously obviously very impressed with uh, with uh, with Case Keenum. I, I, I and I don't know. You're right. He he is not all that mobile. Uh, you know, which which is something that we're going to have to you know keep an eye keep an eye on as we move forward. But I'm not sure. That you necessarily need to be. I think there are some quarterbacks that have proven that they don't need to be all all that mobile in the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Well, the, yeah, the thing I, the thing I have, sorry, Tyler, the thing I have about Keenum is I listen. I understand he can come in and he can help a team win, but he's not going to pull those. We've seen Baker come out and literally win the game for us. Case Keenum's not going to be that quarterback. He had that one miracle play with Stephon Diggs, but. Like it's not a knock on him. He's a, he's a game manager and he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. He does his job. You know, he's, he's a true professional. He's a true professional, but yeah, no, he, he, he's not a mobile. And we saw Thursday night, his arm is not there either. It's, it's just not, he does not have a strong arm. So he's going to be a game managing backup. And if that's what we got to roll with, that's what we got to roll with. Yeah. There's no quarter. There's no quarterback controversy here. I mean, at yeah, all. absolutely and, not. And some yeah, people I, want, I'm happy they want a case. Keenum. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, and they got Case Keenum, and they're going to have Case Keenum a little bit more. And you can see right away, he was good in Minnesota. There's a reason Minnesota did not re-sign him after that NFC Championship run. It's very obvious why they did not sign him after that. And they brought in Kirk Cousins right after, right after that. I mean, because then he goes to Denver, and he goes to Washington, and he starts and then gets benched. He's just a solid backup quarterback that you want, good veteran leadership, and knows the offense. He's not a guy, like you said, Zach, that's going to win us games, like as far as like on his arm. You're going to have to have the guys around him perform that way, and Mm -hmm. that kind of brings us into our next point because Nick Chubb, it looks like he's he's so far he's practiced practiced this week. Josina Anderson reported that that he is going to be playing this week, bearing any setback. So what do you see Dearness Johnson's role being when Chubb comes back? Because – Kareem Hunt still on IR, so do you see them kind of Dearness Johnson taking that um, Hunt role a little bit? Do you see Chubb getting more carries? How do you see that being split in the Browns' backfield? Uh, I see. I, I would see. I here's the thing because Stefanski has proved me wrong before. He's he's had games where I'm like, okay, it's going to be a, a heavy game of you know Nick Chubb, and then all of a sudden it's just every drive it's Hunt Chubb Hunt Chubb Hunt Chubb. I don't see that changing. I don't think he's going to go and just completely put all the workload on Chubb, especially coming off a calf injury. So I think Darren Johnson is going to see a lot of reps still until Hunt comes back. Mm -hmm. I I do too. I think that, 
I think he'll get like they'll have, he'll have a decent amount of reps, but I think they're going to try and get Chubb a little bit more involved, possibly in the passing game there, because yeah, they, they they've been using him more in the passing game this season than in years past too. I don't know what's going on, but we need to start getting Demetri Felton again more worked into that passing game, even if it's those wide receiver screens, mm-hmm. get the ball in that guy's hands because we're going to get onto it soon. But obviously, we saw again it's it's not Baker with the OBJ situation necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And of course, before we get into um, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landy returned on Thursday night, not yes. flash numbers, but you could just tell the impact that he was having for this team on Thursday night, eight, ca- eight targets, five catches, 37 yards. Again, not much statistically, but you could just tell this team's had some more mojo to him on a short week and mm-hmm. juice really provided that. Now, the one thing you don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent this season at this point, he did suffer a little bit of a knee injury uh, Thursday night. It sounds like he'll be fine, but you can just tell he still is, doesn't look like at a hundred percent, but he, he did go out of the game later and seems good to go given they did have 10 days off before um, this week against Pittsburgh. So what does that mean for this offense to have Jarvis Landry back, no matter who's at quarterback? He was so needed. He is our safety blanket. I've said it earlier on, too. That's who Baker needed back was Jarvis. He's just that one target that no matter who's throwing the ball to him, he's just got hands where he can catch it no matter what. He's just a a solid security blanket, a solid wide receiver. He's obviously not like that flashy wide receiver one who's going to take the top off the defense or anything, but he's a great route runner. He's good at getting open. He's good at creating space, and he's just a big playmaker, and he brings a lot of swagger to an offense as well. Yeah, I absolutely love Jarvis Landry. It's going to be really interesting to see, again, what happens after the season. We've talked about it quite a few times, but he does bring that leadership uh, for sure. But you can just see the energy he also brings to this team, too, that safety blanket that he is. And he's always out there giving it 100%, even if he's not 100%. You absolutely need that in your wide receiver room because the wide receiver room now is really actually beat up. Jarvis is still battling a knee. OBJ's battling a shoulder. DPJ's battling a groin injury that could put him out possibly this week and next week. So a lot of injuries that the Browns are having right now in the wide receiver room. That brings me to OBJ. Six targets, two catches, 23 yards. Another critical drop. He slipped on another play. And Case Keenum, it looked like trying to target him deep down the field. That wasn't working either. What is it about this system, you think, that just isn't working between OBJ and whoever is playing quarterback for the Browns? And is there any hope right now that this can get turned around and we can finally get clicking with OBJ, regardless if Baker's at quarterback or Case Keenum's at quarterback? What do you think? No. I I don't know. I, I think I'm giving up on it a little bit here. And because that's where I'm at right now, people say this, and and I'm not trying to not be sympathetic. They're saying, well, OBJ is battling an injury. I I completely understand that. And I get he's coming back from a torn ACL as well. But come on, man. Baker's playing through injuries. You can't (laughs) continue to make that excuse. And then when Case Keenum, he doesn't have good chemistry with Case Keenum, you you blame it on the injury, though. I, I just, I don't agree with that. Like, it's just clear something isn't working out here. And I believe. If there was a way to trade him at the deadline, I believe the Browns would do it. I, I really do. I just don't think anybody wants that contract, and especially with the way OBJ's been performing, too. I think that the most logical solution here is in the offseason. Again, some Browns fans aren't going to want to hear this. OBJ's probably going to be cut for salary cap relief of about of about 15 to $17 million that would be freed up in cap space because it's a dead cap hit. So I, I don't see any way that he like just turns it on. He's going to be battling this injury all year. 
Sounds like all season long, too. I mean, it's a grade three AC joint sprain. He's going to be battling that. I mean, what are your thoughts? Like, well, like, what would you do with OBJ? I mean, are you trying to run this back again? Like, what are your thoughts? I think you do try to run this run this back again. I don't think OBJ uh, and Baker, I don't think the chemistry issues between OBJ and Baker are nearly as big as, as some people want to make them to be. At first, I thought it was a big. At first, I thought it was a big deal, but but now I'm starting to see that that maybe it's not. Maybe it was a lot of just media hype, and and it's not nearly as much of a big deal as we thought it was. Pete, let me jump in real quick there. So Baker Mayfield's pass again. I've read it out many times, but with OBJ on the field, he's a sixty-eight point seven. Without OBJ, he's a ninety point seven. So what's What's the justification? Because I have to ask now, since you do want, since you believe in running this back, what's the justification for bringing him back at this point? Why are you wanting to bring OBJ back right now? Given you know that it seems like Baker's about a quarterback, it looks like OBJ just doesn't fit well in this offense. So, I mean, and it's a large sample size. We're going on almost three years now. So, why would you want to bring it back again? And here's one more thing, Pete, I want to add to that, because this was not a Stefanski and Andrew Barry wide receiver on the roster in the first place. This was a John Dorsey trade to get weapons for Freddie Kitchens, okay, to take the tension off of him to play call. Fair enough, fair enough. So this is not a Stefanski and Andrew Barry. I don't think if Andrew Barry and Stefanski had the helm a year earlier, I don't think OBJ's here at all. Completely agree. But the thing is, he is still Okay, that's a fair point. Obviously, fans want to see it work. You know, it's 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 a fun person to have on your team. Yeah, maybe I, maybe it's, I'm it's, just. Cool. I just feel like we're all living in the past with this guy. He he seems like he's coming off to be a shell of himself. Yeah, maybe I, I, I love OBJ. I want to see him succeed elsewhere, may, but it's just not going to work out here. Maybe I'm still living on that one-handed catch from. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people are, man. A lot You're of fans think he's coming back, man. I just yeah. don't see it. Fair enough. Like, I yeah. No, it's it, it, seriously like it, it's a it's a fair opinion, and there are going to be Browns fans that believe we should run it back again. I was just curious on your justification, given I, that I it's did, clear that the numbers add up, that it just isn't working out. I don't know that you can put all. I don't know if you can put all that quarterback rate, that quarterback rating difference. I know BJ be on the be on the field. Maybe you can put some. Maybe you can put a decent percentage of that in there, but but I don't know. Like, like the, there are, the especially when it comes to a stat like quarterback rating, there are so many factors. Kareem Hunt one twenty six point five, Richard Higgins one twenty six point two, David Njoku one fourteen point one, okay, Jarvis Landry one oh seven point four, okay, Austin Hooper one oh two point six, and Odell Beckham Jr. And this is two um twenty 2020 twenty 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 one. So Odell Beckham Jr. seventy eight point two. So I'm just saying like. Something's clearly not working, and at that point, if you know that the money he's costing you, unless he's willing to take so maybe half a pay cut, like I mean, a very substantial pay cut. Yeah, I just don't. I, I just don't know if the Browns run that back, given so given how much he's making. So basically, because then you have to make a decision on Jarvis too. We're not gonna like speculate on what they're gonna do in those situations, but it is interesting to think about yeah, down the line. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is get some facts and come back and see me. Okay. And I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have all those facts, so you just laid them out. So there you go. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. And so, Zach, what do you think? Uh, I, I I said my my piece with it here. So, what do you think the best option is for the Browns and OBJ going forward? Uh, I think we should just let it ride this year, and I think next year we'll explore something else. I just don't know what we're gonna get for him. And I feel like depending on where we fall in the draft, I, I think wide receiver is going to be a big need for the Browns going into next season. I've 
thought about it. I would look into Brandon Cook's situation and see if you can get him for a, for a, for a late round pick. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, that's just me, and he's under contract for two more years at a decent price. What so I, I don't want to see that. What I don't want to see happen is the Browns try to just uh, build talent, you know, mm-hmm. with scouting and all of that in the draft. I don't want to see us just rely on that. But obviously, Agreed. you know, you know, if you're going to hit, so if you're going to get a Garrett Wilson, if you're going to get a Nolave, I think DPJ is still going to be a solid target for the Browns going forward. But then you have those targets like Schwartz and stuff, where it's like, are they going to work out? Are they not? And I don't, I don't want to have to rely on those type of wide receivers with Baker Mayfield, you know, the whole time he's here. I don't want to see an Aaron Rodgers situation. No. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I agree with that for sure, because you, you never want to see that mm-hmm. at all. I mean, at the same time, this wide receiver class, and we've talked about it and we mentioned it as when we have uh, Stephen Thomas on from the OBR, their draft analyst, he brings it up a lot too. This wide receiver class is loaded and it has yeah. been for, <laughs> it really has been the last couple of years and it will continue to be. So always another, um, area to address that position as well. And before we do move on here, uh, we want to talk about the defense a little bit, a really outstanding performance pretty much until the fourth quarter. They complete, well, yeah, the fourth quarter, they were just shutting down Denver. Miles Garrett was held probably half the game, but he still ended up with a sack and a half, three total tackles. The guy who really stood out, though, leading the Browns in tackles with Anthony Walker, his best game was a Brown, 10 tackles, yep. 7 solo. Mac Wilson looked pretty good. Ronnie Harrison played well. And finally, we saw it. John Johnson the third showed up. There he and is. Play, and played really well for the Browns. That's exactly what we've been waiting to see. And it had been a long time coming, too. Yep. So, absolutely, it was absolutely needed, especially with that interception he had on Teddy Bridgewater. Denzel Ward leaves with an injury, of course. Mm-hmm. So that's not good. We'll, it looks we'll, like, we'll get into that soon, too. Yeah, because that's a, that's a rough situation there, too. But the Browns defense showed up. Um, so where are you with Joe Woods this week now? Uh, because <laughs> oh, Where's Jack? Where's Jack when you need him, man? It's a week-to-week thing with Joe Woods. Yeah, it really is a week-to-week thing. Uh, here's the thing. Joe Woods' defense shows up against quarterbacks who really shouldn't, you know, go off on us anyways. We need to we need to come out and show up against teams like okay listen next week next week we we're we're gonna need our defense for a while if Baker's out but next week I want to see us do the same thing we're gonna be at home it's gonna be Halloween I want to see a spooky defense next Sunday okay I want to see it to be very spooky thanks man <laughs> yeah man I I want to see it too that's the thing with this defense and we've talked about it before it's very rare they put together back to back consistent performances yeah but. Again, you have your defense for the most part is healthy outside of Denzel Ward, who it looks like at this point will be missing the game. Unless we hear something different, he'll probably be out on Sunday. But you still have Greedy Williams. You still have Greg Newsome, Troy Hill. It looks like you, you could have possibly have A.J. Green back. Ben Roethlisberger, we're going to get into it, but Ben Roethlisberger is obviously a shell of himself. The defense overall, though, they did step up to the challenge. They're going to have to really carry the load for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Stefanski can only do so much with the play calling, so much with the offense if Baker Mayfield's indeed out. So it's one of those things that defense is going to have to step up, man. And Joe Woods is really going to have to step up too because I'm week to week with them. I, obviously, I know you are too. Jack definitely is. Um, it's just one of those things that we just have to really evaluate him every single week because he's still making a lot of questionable decisions and coverages is calling. Yeah. I mean, I know that – at the end of that game in the fourth quarter, 
I mean, because that's when Bridgewater had most of his passing yards. They were just marching down the field. I get you can play off a little bit, but I want them to stay aggressive. I don't want you to just sit back. Like, I want mm-hmm. you to still be aggressive. And that's just one of those – I wish he would do that a little bit more. I don't see that enough from Joe Woods. And well, that's kind of the issue I have with the defense. I think the thing is, it looks like he can draw up some nice blitzing schemes too. So it's just weird. Like Delpit, Johnson in the box looked nice for like a glimpse on Thursday night. There's, there's things he can do. I just feel like he's not trusting himself too. You have mm-hmm. the personnel there. He needs to start trusting himself. He has a defense he wanted. There really is no excuse. I don't know. I, f- I feel like if it keeps being hit or miss all year, depending on what kind of offenses we face, I don't know if the Browns are going to move forward with uh, Joe Woods next season. Yeah, especially considering what potential head coaches uh, could be fired in those defensive-minded head coaches mm-hmm. that were really good D coordinators beforehand. So just yeah. something to keep in mind there as well. And, of course, before we turn the page and preview the Browns and Steelers, who is your window of opportunity player player from this past Thursday night presented by Jack Scott or Renewal by Anderson? I, I think it's obvious. I think we all should say the same name. I think we all should just say the only name that it should be, huh? OBJ, right? I'm going to go a different <laughs> route. So you say yours. Dearness Johnson, man. Dearness Johnson. Johnson. Dearness Johnson. The, the reason why I want to give is because, of course, my fantasy team. Thank you for putting me to 6 and 1 this year. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, he's well, slow grind. Slow grind. He, he, he got his opportunity and he ran with it. No pun intended. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. I understand why he is for you guys. For me, I'm going to give it to Blake Hans. He's been playing. I love it. I love it. He's been playing left tackle with Jed Wills out, or Jed Wills playing half the game and him coming in. Switched to right tackle for Jack Conklin. Completely shut down Von Miller. So for mm-hmm. me, it's Blake Hans. I just love the way he performed. I love how Bill Callahan's gotten him ready to play, and I just. The diamonds in the rough that this front office continues to find. And Blake Hans is just another one of those players. Yep. I I love it. (laughs) A guy named Blake. Never forget him. (laughs) (laughs) And and when we come back, we'll preview the Browns and Steelers next on the Feeling Dangerous podcast. This episode of the Feeling Dangerous podcast is brought to you by Jack Scott over at Renewal by Anderson. They've been Ohio's window and patio door experts for over 117 years and earned the J.D. Power Award for customer satisfaction. 20% off your entire project, nothing down, no payments for 12 months after installation. If you call Jack Scott today at 440-226-6224, if you call and say you're feeling dangerous, an additional $250 off your installation price. Be sure to call Jack Scott today at 440-226-6224. The Feeling Dangerous podcast here is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let the pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscles, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it, at work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with the code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Get your exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. Yeah. I need it. Metro booming want some more. Cause I got a really big team and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming. And with welcome no back to the Feeling really Dangerous nice Podcast. Really 
Browns and Steelers, a rivalry that it's gotten a lot closer in recent years for sure. Both teams uh, coming in with three losses. Browns at four and three. Steelers are three and three coming off a of bye week. So the Steelers offense, of course, led by quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, 1,500 passing yards, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. Running back Najee Harris has 102 carries, 388 yards, and two rushing touchdowns, but he's very involved in the passing game as he has, he has 244 uh, receiving yards on 34 receptions, also in two touchdowns. But the other wide receiver who is their leading receiver, though, is Deontay Johnson, 376 yards, three touchdowns on 34 targets. And, of course, Chase Claypool uh, will be a big part of the offense as well. So you guys know the Steelers. We know them very well. They have they added another weapon this year in Najee Harris. But what do you think, Zach, is the best way to slow down this Steelers offense? Uh, stop Najee Harris. <laughs> Because I really feel like, you know, the Browns have a good run defense going into this. I feel like if we can keep it up, I mean, obviously he's going to be used out of the pass game too. He's one of their biggest targets in the pass game as well. But if we can slow down Najee Harris, you know, get to him early, I, I really feel like that can really help us because Ben Roethlisberger is not going to beat us with his arm this week. Mm-hmm. And and to go along with what you said about Najee Harris, he actually is tied for the team leading receptions. Yeah, isn't that insane? It is insane. And they're, and they're all like behind the line of scrimmage, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think having them losing uh, TikTok Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster for the <laughs> season definitely is a loss for them, too. I mean, they're not going to have that weapon on offense. But I, I think what we got to do, you got to force this team to run the football. Najee Harris has ran the ball 102 times, but he's only averaging 3.8 yards a carry. So all you have to do, just make them run the ball because it looks like that offensive line right now is having a lot of trouble creating running room for Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. And then just keep everything else in front of you. Um, but I will say something from studying the Steelers' offense a little bit, Ben loves to take those early shots to Deontay Johnson. So I think that's something to really watch at the beginning of the game is them trying to stretch that field to get the game going. So yeah. I think you have to find a way, though, to make them run the ball. but. We know the Steelers, again, their bread and butter is that defense. That yeah. defense is one of the best in the league every single year. Minka Fitzpatrick, Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, Devin Bush, Alex Highsmith, Joe Hayden. I mean, Cameron Sutton, they have a ton of – even they have the added Melvin Ingram to that defense and former Brown Joe Schobert. Yep. So what does Kevin Stefanski need to do to really keep TJ Watt – and Cameron Hayward from just sitting back on their toes and getting to the quarterback every single play. This is a, this is where it gets kind of like tough for me personally because this is where we could definitely use Baker this week. Is you know a lot of play action bootleg passes away from TJ Watt and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, all those names you said on their defense, but I really feel like the Browns are just going to try to run down the Steelers throat this week again with the, with uh, Dearness Johnson and Nick Chubb. I feel like that's going to be our bread and butter going into this right now. It has been all season still, even with Baker, you know, on the field, even though he's battling the injury, I feel like the Browns are just going to come out. I think we're going to run the ball to almost 40, a total of 40 times this week. I would, I would absolutely love that. And that is one area where they have really struggled um, as a team is just overall with that rush defense. The past defense has been a lot better. And it's one of those things you have to – you kind of hit it, man. You, this is a game where you really need Baker 
Mm-hmm. You really need B- Baker Mayfield in this game. And that brings me kind of to the next point. Um, it's been reported by Justina Anderson. It looks like Baker Mayfield is going to practice in some capacity um, on Wednesday. Are you playing him? Because you know Baker Mayfield. He's not going to sit unless he's basically forced to sit. That's mm-hmm. that's just the way he's wired. And I, some people think that's crazy. I love it about the guy. Absolutely love it. So mm. what are your thoughts? What are you doing with Baker Mayfield? If he says he can go, are you playing him? <sighs> you, you might not like me, but no, I don't think I'm playing him this week, man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to risk permanent damage to that shoulder. I don't want to keep messing with it. I feel like if we get Chubb back and we have, you know, we can, we know what Dearness Johnson can do too. Go let Case Keenum try to win us another one. I feel like it's a very winnable game with Case Keenum at quarterback still. Yeah, okay. and sometimes and sometimes you have to save a player from themselves. And That's true. And I think and I think Baker, I mean, obviously Baker wants to be out there as much as he possibly can, but I but but I don't but I don't want Baker Mayfield playing wheelchair football next year, okay? Um, I just, yeah, I just don't want <laughs> permanent damage to that left shoulder. I know it's not his throwing shoulder, but still I don't want to see permanent damage to it, man. What if what if pretty much he knows going in that that's not going to be the case? If, if that's yeah, if that's the case, true, because go ahead. But I know what Jay Glazier reported was, oh, his fracture could take, what what do you say, six to eight weeks or something like that on Thursday night? Mm-hmm. And now there's a report the day after saying, oh, no, that's not the case. That's not what they think is going to go on with Baker's shoulder. It's going to be like maybe a few weeks to heal. See, so that's that's what it's been it's been said there too, but then it sounds like Trent Dilfer and some other quarterbacks that have dealt with the injury said it, it's really about pain management and if mm-hmm. you manage the pain you could play this week. And Baker he's gonna tell you you can manage the pain. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean I wouldn't be shocked if we see Baker out there. I just personally, you know, if he's not hundred percent, let's just not risk it this week. Give him one more week of rest and we'll see from there. Now now to piggyback off that question though. What's a hundred percent Baker for you? Because you know he's not going to be a hundred percent at all this yeah. season. Do you just mean with his other injury, or is wait, that... wait, what what injury? I'm talking about like I know his shoulder labrum isn't going to. You mean, you know... mean the humerus bone, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Because I don't know what the full report is on that. I saw that one from Jake Glazer, and then I saw another Big one conflicting saying, reports on yeah, it. Yeah, the conflicting reports on it, and so. As a fan, we're like, what the heck's going on? But mm-hmm. I'm not sure what, what the team wants leaked out or what, what's going on with that. And it brings me into, personally, well, real quick, what I would do, I'd probably start Case Keenum. If Baker says he can go, I, I mean, go for it. If, if, yeah. if Baker Mayfield tells me that he can go and he believes he can get through this game, play well, you're going to get Conklin back, it looks like, too. If you have that full offensive line, you have Nick Chubb back, go for it, man. I'll, I'll seriously say that because at this point, if they know, I, I don't believe the Browns would put Baker May would let Baker Mayfield out there if there would be any more damage he could do. Yeah. I, I think that's where we're at. So mm-hmm. if they know that, I think Baker Mayfield plays. If not, and he sits a couple more weeks, that's not the worst thing in the world either. But like I said earlier, I don't think Case Keenum can get you to the playoffs the rest of the season. And the like, thing is, he, he can I, win a couple games. That's about it, though. I think. Yeah, but, and I think the Browns know a lot of the games coming up are going to be must must wins, especially division games like this, with what we're seeing out of the Bengals and the Ravens. So, and you talked about and you talked about this earlier, Zach. So, um, as far as the game plan that you would have attacking the Steelers defense, 
I assume the same same goes with what you were talking about. You're going to run the ball 40 times and then <laughs> try and do some play action off that, or do you have an, do you have some other thoughts on how you would attack that defense? No, that, that's about it. If that's and that's mostly if Keenum is starting. If Baker's out there and Baker wants to throw the ball, you know, roughly 30 times, let him if he feels like he can do it. Because mm-hmm. I still feel like with Jarvis out there. I feel like that alone could help Baker, you know, having his full offensive line back, having Chubb back, and then having a safety blanket and Jarvis back. If Baker can go, yeah, it would definitely be fun to watch him play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're going to have to run the ball against the Steelers defense. Like I said, that is where they are um, really the weakest is that is that defense as far as like against the run, against the pass. They are a lot better in that regard. So, But this is where you need Baker Mayfield if he can play. Mm-hmm. If he can't, it's just so, such a loss right now for this team to where that would really hurt us um, if he can't play. It's like, I mean, because Case Keenum can go out and win games, but at the same time, there's the added dimension, of course, that Baker Mayfield can bring with his mobility, but also just his arm that Case Keenum cannot bring. And the Steelers would not have to game plan for that if Case Keenum's in. Mm-hmm. So you're exactly. going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to hope that your offensive line is healthy. They can open up those gaps. And then do some play action off that, some um, a couple bootlegs because again, Case Keenum can't isn't that mobile, but do a couple bootlegs off of that. So that's how I would attack it. And other than that, uh, guys, what are your predictions for this game? It's one o'clock kickoff in Cleveland. Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call. I know we're all obviously very excited about that one because uh, <laughs> every time Jim Nance calls a Browns game, oh, it it's gonna be a good one, well. Jim. It's gonna <laughs> be a good one. <laughs> Who do you have, Zach? All right. Listen, I know every week I pick the Browns and I'm picking the Browns again. It's a rivalry week. I do not see the Browns losing at home to the Steelers. I, dude, this could put us right back up there, tied for first in the division if we win this game. I, I think the Browns are going to come out hungry. I got Browns 21, Steelers 17. Well, I think the Brown, I think the Browns are going to win this game. I think the Browns are. I think I think it's going to be a very tight game. I'm going 17, 17 to 14. I mean, I don't have much confidence in this team under Case Keenum, but I also don't really have any confidence in the Steelers' ability. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. Took really. the words right out of my mouth, man. <laughs> yes. I really appreciate that. I'm going to go with the Browns um, this week as well. You obviously have a better chance to win, I believe, with Baker Mayfield, just with the ability he brings. Even though he's mm-hmm. injured, he just adds another element to this offense. But if Case Keenum's in there, I think he can get the job done. It's going to be a little bit tougher. And I just don't see a lot of points scored either. I think the Browns are going to win this game 20-14. to 14. It's going to be close. They really have to pressure Ben as much as they can. And I'm talking about sending blitzes. Don't yeah. just believe you can get there with the front four. And you, we can do that. But Joe Woods has to blitz them because Ben can't move mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So send the house, get to Big Ben, get to him early, get in his head. He knows what we did to him in the playoffs last year. He's missing Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, that's a, again, that's a huge loss for this team. And so I just think, and with our corners being, I think we can contain Deontay Johnson, who averages pretty much over 10 targets a game. You have to contain Najee Harris. This is where we really miss um, JOK on the defense is in a situation like this. But I think we can contain Najee Harris, contain Deontay Johnson. I think the Browns win 20 to 14, and we're able to get the five and three. 
So I, I think Tyler's that's- back on the Browns winning bandwagon. Huh. I, I am. Hey, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, yeah, hey, man, you have you have to be realistic. Yeah, well, I can't, I, I'm not always going to be a homer. Got to be realistic. Too. I have to be a homer every week, man. <laughs> that's fair. I joined you in that too last week. I thought we had no chance of winning that game. Yeah, yeah. What? come on, come on. I mean, hey. just being honest. Uh, once, once Jarvis Landier was back, I started to get. I started to think, okay, we might win this game. Mm-hmm. Just having his presence back was just huge. Yeah. But before we end the show, we want to make sure we go around the NFL and give the scores from this past week. Other scores around the league: the Packers beat the Washington Football Team twenty-four to ten. The Titans uh, played really well in Week Seven, beating beating the uh, Chiefs 27 to 3. The Chiefs are 3 and 4. Mahomes looks like he will play next week after being in concussion protocol with the Chiefs struggling early on. The Falcons beat the Dolphins 30 to 28. Dolphins uh rumored to be looking into a Deshaun Watson trade so something to monitor there um, over the next couple of days as the NFL trade deadline approaches next week. Patriots beat the Jets 54 to 13. Giants beat the Panthers 25 to 3. The Bengals uh, showed that they're going to be a threat in the AFC North this year, beating the Ravens 41-17. to Both teams are at 5-2. and The Eagles lost to the Raiders 22-33. to Rams beat the Lions 28-19. to I was watching that game, and I can tell you that the Lions do not look like a team that's 0-7. They really fight to the end, and Dan yeah. Campbell's going to have that. They're going to win a game this year, and they definitely deserve to win a game at some point. They were up 10 nothing early in that game, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. So feel for the Lions. I feel the win's coming, though. They do have some talent, and they got a really good head coach. It's going to change the culture there. The Cardinals are still undefeated, 7-0 and for the second time in team history, beating the Texans 31-5 to ahead of a Thursday night showdown against the Green Bay Packers, who will be without, it looks like, uh, star wide receiver Devontae Adams, who is on the COVID, COVID list. Uh, Tampa Bay being the Chicago Bears, 38-3, a rough day for Justin Fields. A lot of that has to do with coaching and then just not playing to his strengths right now. I feel really bad for Justin Fields. So hopefully fans aren't giving up on him too soon because he's just in a really bad situation in Chicago. Matt Matt Nagy needs to get out of there. Yeah, he's on the COVID protocol list uh, right now. So if he ends up having a miss on Sunday, it might be a little bit better for Justin Fields. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, the Colts beat the 49ers in a monsoon in San Francisco, 30 to 18. And to round it out on Monday night football, the Saints beat the Seahawks 13 to 10. The Saints are four and two. Didn't it's hard to believe they're four and two. That's all I have to say. That uh, after watching that game, that 30, <laughs> uh, just one thing real quick, that 31 to five score that you mentioned with the Arizona game. That's the first time in NFL history that a game has finished 31 to five. Little wow, nugget for you. Absolutely insane. And Zach cool. Ertz made an impact uh, real quick since we are talking about that. Zach Ertz immediately goes to Arizona and scores a touchdown. So yeah, it looks he, like he's going to be a yeah, seamless he was, to that offense. I think he was the first player to score, what, back-to-back touchdowns with two different teams in the in one season or something like that? I think so. Something think like so. that I saw, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Look at the Cardinals. Who would have thought? Yeah, absolutely crazy, man. And that rounds out the NFL uh, scoreboard for the week. Be sure to listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and give us that five-star review. Appreciate all you guys tuning in every single week. Remember, the show is now on iHeartRadio, and we are on the Couch Guys Sports Network. I'm proud to be part of them. Tune in to the website um, for daily Browns content that will be provided to you there. And 
Follow the show itself on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FD Podcast CLE. And remember, if you need the best replacement windows, call Jack Scott Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's replacement window experts for over 117 years. Call Jack today for a free consultation at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. We are the Feeling Dangerous Podcast, and we will talk to you all soon. Thank you for tuning in. All Cleveland Browns highlights appear courtesy of ESPN 850 WKNR Cleveland and the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Music courtesy, McFadden and Whitehead, Ain't No Stopping Us Now, copyright 1979 by Sony ATV Publishing. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous.